Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Startup Soiree Podcast. This is your host, Patrick Wright, uh, bringing it to you on a rainy afternoon here at Pixelated HQ, out in the corner of Morrill Park, the southmost part of Baltimore City, the proud city that we call home. Uh, excited for another wonderful guest on today's podcast. We're going to be talking to Shavis Glasgow from Flavor and Soul. Uh, Shavis and I met a few months ago at Creative Mornings when it was at Impact Hub and got to talking about what she does and she was aware of what we were doing and we realized that it was a really great opportunity to have another cool guest on the podcast. So it took us a little bit of time to get it scheduled out, um, but we're finally here. So without further ado, Shavis, welcome to the Startup Soiree Podcast. Thanks for having me today. so the way we typically kick these off is getting a little bit of background about yourself and about what you do. So tell us. I'm actually originally from Gary, Indiana. I'm a Midwest girl at heart. I've been in Baltimore for about five years now. Um, my day, my tasks I do during the day, I'm an exercise physiologist at Johns Hopkins and I'm an adjunct professor at Towson University. But at night, I change into a blogger, and I'm the creator of Flavor and Soul. Uh, it started off as a creative outlet because being in academia, it can get a little boring after a while. Um, and on the blog, you'll see a combination of recipes, local finds, since I'm kind of new to the area, I'm discovering everything that's Baltimore, and I absolutely love it. And then there's a section called Flavor and Soul Favorites, so that's more of my national brands and products and books that I really, really love. Uh, But along with that creative outlet, it also serves to encourage the everyday person to get in the kitchen, take some risks, and actually cook like they care about things. So, yeah, that's the background of Flavor and Soul. Awesome. Uh, And how long has it been happening? It's been since September 2015, actually. Awesome. So, like, six, seven months now. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations on your (laughs) half year in. so where did what was the what was the impetus behind starting Flavor and Soul? There's, Aside from wanting to do something creative, but yeah. like what really helped you find specifically like what the voice of the blog would be? Yeah, I wasn't really a big cooker or really into food growing up. Um, but as I, there are actually three things that happened. So uh, between pregnancy, childbirth, and maternity leave, I had all this free time to work with things. My husband complained that I would eat the same things over and over and over again. So I was very safe, very plain Jane. And then on top of that, I was really tired of spending a lot of money eating out and not necessarily being happy with everything that I had. So I started cooking a little bit, taking pictures with my phone, putting it on Facebook, and my friends would love it and said, like, hey, you should do a food blog. And at that time, my idea of a blog was a typical person saying that they made blueberry muffins or chocolate fudge brownies. And I just wasn't really into that. So I kind of ignored it. But I had another friend that instigated it a little bit more. And from that point, I think one day I Googled food blog. Like I literally Googled the word food blog. And the first thing that pops up is I'm a food blog. And that's a a blog from a lady that's on the West Coast. I looked at her website and fell in love with the idea of blogging from her imagery. She had a cookbook. It really looked like she was doing it full time and had a lot of fun with it. So at that point, I contacted my um, family photographer. So the guy that takes all the images, his name is Jeffrey Perkins. He's Mm -hmm. really awesome. 
and he's never done food before. I never did a food shoot before, and we started actually foolishly the day after Thanksgiving 2014 with our first food shoot and went from there. So I actually did a few food shoots before I started to find my voice with Flavor and Soul. And Flavor and Soul is just mainly... I, and being in the health industry, a lot of people tend to think as, of healthy food being bland and boring and and not any fun to enjoy and eat. So I definitely like to explore new flavors. And so I do, I'm very passionate when I cook. So from the imagery that you may see, that is the passion that I put into every little dish that I make. Awesome. And plus it's fun. <laughs> so I have a million questions already. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go for it. You, um, Tall praise to Mr. Perkins for running the camera yeah. from another camera shop. Um, I am curious if, boy, what direction do I want to go in? I've been to Gary, Indiana once before. Really? And it was... Was it a drive-thru or you like stayed? I was in Chicago. Okay. okay. And I took the train to Valparaiso. Yeah. Although I understand that you just call it Valparaiso when you're in Indiana. Valparaiso. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So my buddy is an electrician out there and he was like, what are you, why are you saying it like that? And I was like, well, you know, it is kind of like... A Latin-based word, and he's like, "I don't know what you're talking we about." We butcher like, a lot of stuff. Out there. And I was like, "All right, man, no problem." He was like, "We're going. You're going to meet my friends in Indiana, so you got to knock that shit out." And I was like, "All right, that's cool." Um, so, I've been to Gary, and yeah. I would say that I found it to be a pretty intense place. I um, am from Dundalk, yeah, um, yeah, and my grandparents are from Sparrows Point Mm -hmm. so that whole steel mill side of the world idea Mm -hmm. um, like when I was cutting through Gary it felt a lot like oh yeah (laughs) hard hard place Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm curious what the first thing that hit your blog was was the first thing that you did for it do you remember the first recipe or the first recipe yeah it was actually my great-grandmother's macaroni and cheese recipe that was the first thing that went up so when you when you were putting it together like what what was your thought process like so you're like crafting your first piece of kind of like content for this blog that you've kind of were reluctant to consider it Mm -hmm. and then you saw Mm -hmm. like some great inspiration Mm -hmm. um what was like what was like the the internal headspace like? Because I think that there are a lot of people that are like you yeah, that yeah. have an idea and they want to move on it. Yeah. And between that first thing and everything that precedes it, there's probably a ton of like internal, right? There's yeah. probably some self doubt. There's mm-hmm. probably some like mm-hmm. questioning if it's really what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like do people want this? So take us back there. Take us back to when you're crafting and and shaping up mm-hmm. your grandmother's mm-hmm. macaroni and cheese recipe. It actually took me a very long time to finally write for the first time. So like I said, that first shoot was November 2014. And then I was busy with work and everything else and it kind of hit the back burner. And then like you said, it was some self-doubt. Like, do I really want to do this? Do I want to put on an extra labor of love? Because obviously this was all self-funded. And I think I had a conversation with someone and we really just got to a point of screw it. That became my attitude to screw it. I'm going to write something and people love it. If they love it, they love it. If they hate it, then it's still my blog and we'll just keep it at that. Um, crafting any recipe or any product that I put on the blog, there's always a little story. So it was a little story of her macaroni and cheese being the go-to because Gary, Indiana, right next door to Chicago, it gets pretty cold in the winter. So definitely 
that was a, a comfort food for me and it was nice to start off the blog honoring my great grandma yeah mm -hmm. that's great yeah um was she able to see it oh, she's, she's deceased <laughs> fair enough mm -hmm. um so when when you were checking out i am a food blog right is that what you said yeah i am a food blog mm -hmm. what what was it what were the inherent characteristics of that blog that changed the way you thought about food blogs, right? So it sounds like it was pretty instantaneous that you yeah, saw it yeah. and made sense. So was it the presentation or was it that? Definitely the presentation. Her photography is amazing. Her uh, creativity with her recipes. So she does have a lot of Asian inspired recipes. Um, and just her, her voice. Her voice was very simple. It wasn't very snobby. Um, over the top it was just plain language she had a cookbook i like the fact that she was all about it and it was a career for her so the fact that i saw a nice quality blog because usually sometimes if you hear someone that says they have a blog it's just like a it can be a thrown together absolutely website but i saw the quality behind it and that made me investigate a little further and i also went to pinterest and looked at food photography and i was like oh my goodness i have to do this now <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Pinterest got you. Huh? Pinterest, yeah. Pinterest is like a black hole. Pinterest and Target can be like black holes. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have, I'm curious if you have a, um, like a most viral recipe. Is there a recipe on your site that has performed better than, than anything else? The burrito bowl is pretty popular. Uh, you probably saw it on Instagram yesterday mm -hmm. for the Cinco de Mayo post. Another recipe that was pretty big was, um, I think the chicken cactus tacos was pretty big, and Those the apple amazing. pie ice cream float was a big one. That looked really good too. Yeah. The the was that the the cactus tacos were chicken cactus tacos were the the ones in the blue corn. Yeah, tortillas. yeah. It was like, they look good, but it was the third picture that you did that was like the real tight shot. Oh, I love the zoom-ins, oh yeah. God. You have to see I the seasoning and ingredients like, jump off the, the taco itself. <laughs> I'm at that place in my life where, you know, like I work just like super duper mm -hmm. hard. Like, yeah. like basically constantly. And it's fine because there's no difference between free time and work for me. And it's not because I'm overworked. It's because my life rules. And I figured out how to make my work life mm -hmm. be my regular life and they're just inseparable at this point but I do work a lot and I do work really hard yeah. and I really like food a lot mm -hmm. and that has become like a um, what is the best way for me to phrase it it's like a non-negotiable for me now yeah. is food yeah. right? because it's one of the things that my wife really likes food also mm -hmm. and that's one thing that we still try to do together is to eat dinner together every yeah. night so it's a great opportunity for both of us not only to spend time together but to do something that we really like mm -hmm. so food blogs are just killing me because i like <laughs> look at them all day and i'm just like ready to eat again and again and yeah, again yeah. and those looked um Thank you. Really, really good. Really good. <laughs> I didn't even, you know, it's funny when I saw it, I just, the photography was done so well. It, mm -hmm. was, it was presented so well mm -hmm. that I went and I rechecked the handle because I assumed that it was like some massive food yeah, blog that yeah. I was actually getting, like being served like a sponsored ad from like <laughs> someone like that because it just yeah. looked, I mean, mm -hmm. it was first rate. It mm -hmm. looked really, really incredible. Mm -hmm. So 
good job on on the quality of how you're presenting your content. Thank you, thank you. Um, so I'm curious to get at a little bit. You have very quickly, um, by just the nature of what your business is, yeah. have have needed to become a great small brand marketer mm-hmm. and very dialed into the aesthetics of how this type of stuff is mm-hmm. presented and. You know, and we can tell as much because of the impact I am a food blog had on you. Yeah. So I'm curious if you would be interested in talking a little bit about the presentation of the brand mm-hmm. and and the media that you know whether it's photos or videos mm-hmm. and how you're how you're presenting it because ultimately at the end of the day, mm-hmm. like you're just presenting words and images, right? Yeah. You can't yeah. actually roll out tacos, at least not yet. Yeah, not yet. So like, <laughs> maybe talk a little bit about what it's been like to really sharpen the presentation of the idea well I know from a consumer standpoint I'm really attracted to quality and I wasn't going to put my name on anything that wasn't something that I would buy myself mm-hmm. um, actually when I approached the company that I worked with for the logo I specifically when we were talking back and forth and it was actually via Etsy because they were over in Oregon too um, I wanted a logo that would be timeless, and I wanted a logo that could transform into anything should Flavor and Soul change. not be a blog anymore or change. So they were really good. Uh, we went back and forth for like a month or so, and then they came out with the, the finished product, which is what you see mm-hmm. everywhere. Um, from that standpoint, in terms of selecting Squarespace to build my site, the imagery from my photographer, um, just that nice style is clean, is very um, crisp. Those are things that I'm attracted to. And also, some of the images you may see are dark or light based on my mood. What kind of emotion do I want to pull from when I see that? So the same thing with the Flavor and Soul logo. Um, I do intend to have a t-shirt line at some point and some other products and collaborations with other brands. And I just wanted to give myself a chance. I wanted to start off at a right foot and not start off with, you know, a little logo, then I'll have to evolve it just to catch up. It should have become a real business. So how, since, since you started to gain your footing, mm-hmm. how are the opportunities changing for, for you? It's crazy. This is crazy that this is actually happening. It came from a little Facebook post all the way to getting free products, uh, sponsorships and affiliates with different um, businesses. Like Relay Foods has been more than amazing to work with. Gundalo has been amazing on the local end. And then working with the Hatchery now, um, they're a national brand. So definitely those collaborations. And I'm actually getting followed by some restaurants and some major brands that I really love and admire. So it's been pretty good at that angle. Have you met Amy Langbury yet? No, I've not met her yet. I can introduce. Oh, that would be you. great. You should meet Amy. Yeah, you guys are transacting in similar spots. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, Amy is in is a, just a wonderful woman, and you guys will hit it off. Oh. She is a, a incredibly kind, um, f- like fellow person yeah. in Baltimore that is like doing the same things yeah. that you and I are yeah. doing, and. Um, and she's just such a she's just such a team person. That I know you guys will really hit that it off. Good. Yeah. She's got her own um, you know story about how she ended up where she is, and mm-hmm. it's um, it's super great. And so for me, I really love there are a handful of businesses that I've gotten exposed to, and I think that both of yours have this in common that it came out of a love and interest, mm-hmm. and it's it's blooming into something totally outside of probably mm-hmm. what you had originally kind of considered it you know now Amy is a 
very successful food blogger, but she's also doing like a ton of brand management and consulting and like Mm -hmm. helping these local restaurants really understand their social voice and how they're relevant in the digital space and how to play nice, how to like do things, how to biz dev together and make something really remarkable Mm -hmm. out of everyone's kind of skills and and you know the things that they're they're great at so i'll have to introduce you for sure yeah that'd be great so what is the is there is there a scale plan like what happens with flavor and soul over the over the next six months over the next year you know patrick i am a chronic planner so i've had this like history of planning and organizing and making a to-do list about the to-do list and that has gotten me absolutely nowhere. So the minute I literally jumped and said, screw it, whatever happens, happens. If I see anything that's amazing, I'll go for it. So right now, um, I feel like Flavor and Soul has been um, pretty good in terms of, you know, me putting posts and imagery out there. And like I said, more collaborations and sponsorships. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking of hosting small events to get people together to cook together or just to enjoy a different meal, whether it's like a new dinner or just more meetup groups like that, mm-hmm. um, along with food styling for some up-and-coming chefs in the area. So me and my photographer talked about creating packages for local chefs who are trying to upgrade their brand, and I can just kind of help them out a little bit in that category. Yeah. Um, along with that, some special packages. So around the holidays, I'm looking to have something that people can purchase as gifts for others. So whether it's a T-shirt, uh, flavor of your city, so mm-hmm. flavor of Baltimore is going to be the first shirt that comes out, and just kind of really connecting people with the kitchen and connecting people with food because we tend to have a pretty extreme relationship or just yeah an extreme relationship with food either people are terrified of it because they don't want to gain weight or people are using it to cope with stress or boredom or any emotion and I want people to have a positive relationship with food so that's kind of like the underlying mission of flavor and soul interesting yeah so how did you end up at Impact Hub the day that we met? How did I end up there? I mean, it was there for Creative Mornings, so ostensibly that. Oh, but. so I started going to Creative Mornings. I think the first one I went to was December, and it was one of those Facebook ads that popped up. And I'm usually off on Fridays, and it was free, and they uh-huh. had coffee and donuts, and I was in. I mean, you offer me coffee, donuts, I'm there. Right. So I went the first time in December, and I thought it was great. It was a great networking experience, great topic. So from there, I've been going to them every since. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, I'm, I'm always just curious because I think that Creative Mornings is a incredibly valuable thing that's yeah. happening in our city. Yeah. Um, and I've never been to any Creative Mornings in any other cities, and I understand that they're like in tons and tons of cities all over the mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. But um, for me, the thing that... I love about Creative Mornings isn't like the national or the international mm-hmm. body. Like mm-hmm. what I really love about it is the people that produce it. Yeah. Um, you know, like I was, um, I was a speaker at Creative Mornings about a year and a half ago. Oh, okay. Um, not this past September, but the previous September. So I guess it would have been 2014, mm-hmm. September 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point in time, there was a woman, Katie Boyts, who was holding the stage and doing the whole thing. And... Olivia was part of the team and there was a shine was part of doing the video production but Mm -hmm. there was a bunch of other people that were involved at that point and then at the end of this year Katie Boyd's decamped to Australia yeah I actually called the the one I went to was the last her last one yeah yeah awesome awesome that's really awesome I didn't get to make it to that one unfortunately (laughs) 
Um, but I like became, you know, I became acquaintances with Olivia over the point in time of like going to it. And then now to see it in its second phase with like Olivia at the helm mm-hmm. um, and the way that she's subtly changing it. Um, and the way that it, I, to me it's getting better and better yeah, as, yeah. as she's like tightening it down and really figuring out what it can be. And, you know, like I love Olivia because she doesn't, um, she doesn't pull a lot of punches. Like you know, she's, <laughs> she's pretty direct about it. And I think that that's a very valuable yeah. point of view to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've said it a lot, but a lot of the like matter of fact that I that I bring to the stage when I do startup soirees is really inspired by both of those women because mm-hmm. I love the way that they carry themselves when they're leading a group of people mm-hmm. and I think that I, I've learned so much from them so I'm always interested to hear about other people's creative mornings stories yeah. because it you know I got into it by being asked to be a speaker I'd never been to one before I was the speaker mm-hmm. um and I always say that my greatest regret about being a speaker at Creative Mornings is that I hadn't been to one before because if I had, I would have savored the moment even more yeah. than I did because um, it was a tremendous experience and it had a really big impact on my life. Mm-hmm. It had a really big impact on the way that I was thinking about myself and what my value could be to my community. And I'm not sure without that, we wouldn't have ended up with startups for it, quite honestly. Oh, really? So it's, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like those, you know, both of those women and everyone else that's involved, they 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 really inspired me to acknowledge that we can have serious conversation that is critical for our city to be having, mm-hmm. have it happen with a basis in the creative community and not in like every other community. Yeah. Which I'm like, I'm a I'm a musician and. I'm, an artist that's mm-hmm. what I spent my whole life doing mm-hmm. so no matter how far I go in the business world like the foundation from where I think is like predicated on the creative community yeah so to get to see something that was so powered by creatives but was so powerful to everyone mm-hmm. that came in contact with it was inspiring right because like everybody's always talking about musicians and artists being like the slackers and like the shit that doesn't have any tangible like value and it's like Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden you're in a room with people just like you and they're having the most progressive conversations about any topic that you can think of Mm -hmm. and all the weirdo creatives that are in the room are all like you know floored by how great how like unifying the thing was and it just really it just really showed me how powerful we can be when we choose to do things together and when we support each other. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I'm always so so kind of over the top about telling people, like, you need to come and you need to keep coming mm-hmm. because it's bigger than you. Mm-hmm. And it's not just about you. It's about you and what you contribute and you share with all these people. You mm-hmm. know, when, when you show up, you inspire other people to keep showing up. And yeah. when more people show up, that brings all of us closer together, it brings more of us into the light. And... You know, we definitely need more light. You know, we don't need more darkness. We need more light in the city. Sorry. <laughs> Spiel over with. Um, what what brought you to Baltimore? Oh, that story. So, I obviously grew up in Gary. Went back and forth to Kansas a little bit. Went to college in a small town in Iowa. Okay. So, University of Northern Iowa. 
I actually met my husband there. My husband's the local person. Okay. So that's how it ended up here at the end of the day. But I went there for four years, went to Pittsburgh for grad school, and then eventually ended up here. It just made more sense. Gary, Baltimore. Baltimore seemed like a better option at the time. And you did Pittsburgh on the way. Yeah, yeah. Steeltown. I just spent my first... Um, I had been to Pittsburgh twice before, but only for a few hours to pick up artwork when I used to be an art handler. Mm-hmm. Um, but I spent all last weekend in Pittsburgh working for GNC. Oh, okay. Uh, so GNC is a new pixelated client. Oh, really? Um, so okay. we went out there to do the pit marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and I'm, GNC is based in Pittsburgh so it's like yeah. a big company there so they do an expo that precedes the marathon so we did some activations inside of the expo and that then we did good. a finish line activation for GNC as well um, so Nick and I we did startups for on Thursday night and then when it was over at like 10 we drove oh, to Pittsburgh yeah. Yeah, I know and then we had to drive. get up like super early to get everything set up mm-hmm. and then he had to fly back on Friday night and I stayed out for the rest of the weekend to finish it up um, but I stayed, I got a Airbnb all the way down in the point yeah. and I walked everywhere cause everywhere I needed to go was within three or four blocks of me mm-hmm. and I had an awesome time. Yeah. Like, it's a great city. It is. It's yeah. a great, it was wonderful to be there because I'm such a, a communicator Yeah. and yeah. I spent a, you know, a ton of time alone, you know, going to have dinner alone and just getting a seat at the bar, having to like beg that one unclaimed seat amongst like. 20 couples that were like having dinner yeah and you know every time I'd be like oh excuse me you know like is this is this seat taken the people would be like it's taken by you like <laughs> sit, you know and they like pull their stuff yeah, back yeah and like it didn't go on beyond that but yeah. what I got away from it was um how nice everyone in Pittsburgh is mm-hmm. and walking around and seeing all of the the what the penguins and seeing all of the pirates jerseys yeah. and seeing all the Steelers, Steelers stuff, yeah. <laughs> what I understood was that it, it's a city that is staunchly about itself, and that's exactly what Baltimore is like. And I and I immediately was like, so the reason that these two cities think that they hate each other so much mm-hmm. is that there may be there may not be two other cities that are as proud of being who they are in the entire United States for very good reasons, yeah. you know, like not to downplay Bostonians or New Yorkers yeah. because they've got their thing, yeah. but like that's much more of like a global thing. Yeah. Right? Like I'm yeah. a New Yorker. Like that's, you could be in Taipei and be like, I'm a New Yorker. Mm-hmm. And they would be like, yeah, like New Yorkers. <laughs> it's not as intimately tied back to New York City, yeah, but like yeah. you're not talking about being from Baltimore mm-hmm. unless you're like from Baltimore, yeah. right? And you understand the nuances of what Baltimore is. And that's very different than being from San Francisco or being from Boston or mm-hmm. being from New York or even mm-hmm. being from Los Angeles or Seattle. Like, uh, So it was great because I had an amazing time. Yeah. And I was like, this city is really great. Uh, and I had fun. And I also just gained a lot of empathy for our, for our, for, you know, for that feud that exists yeah. between our city. And it's, I, I'm almost going to have more fun cheering the feud on because I realize that it's actually not based in hate. 
it's based in love. Yeah, yeah. It just happens to be that I perceive that you love your city more than I love my yeah. city, and that's just not possibly true. <laughs> um, so, what did you? Where Where did you go to school in Pittsburgh, and what did you study there for grad um, school? I actually went to the University of Pittsburgh. Okay. And I studied exercise physiology, so gotcha. that was my master's, and then I focused more on. Um, Obesity and chronic disease. So that was my my route there. So do you see a dovetailing happening between your blog about food and about cooking and about the holistic idea of knowing what you're going to put in your body and preparing it and your professional studies? Yeah, and it's, it was supposed to be a double life. So it was supposed to be my professional world here and then... In this other corner, it's supposed to be flavor and soul, and now they're starting to slowly merge mm-hmm. to the point so that I had a meeting actually last Friday with an individual that's building, they're building a kitchen, more like a teaching kitchen on the other side. They can actually do some group exercise classes and other things there, and they were really excited about the blog. My boss is actually excited about the blog, too, so this is really really weird as to how the two are merging together because from a business standpoint originally i was supposed to develop um an in-home personal training business Mm -hmm. since i've been a trainer since i was 19. and then i i really didn't feel like burning myself out before again because i've burned myself out before from working multiple jobs and trying to train so I stepped away from that and just thought I would do the blog as a side thing, but now they're slowly mixing in together. So it's really interesting to see what will happen like a year from now. That's awesome. I yeah. mean, I see so much potential yeah. in that thing that you're talking yeah. about. I mean, you know, let's be honest, Baltimore has major, major mm-hmm. problems mm-hmm. with lots of different kinds of equity, mm-hmm. but we'll just talk about food equity right oh, now. Oh boy, yeah. And <laughs> the way that that um, when Randy was here a few hours ago, yeah. we, we talked so much. Um, you guys should vibe at some point too because you have a lot in common in mm-hmm. terms of the holistic point of view of what your pursuits are and how it impacts the city. But we talked a lot about investment <clears throat> dollars, right? We yeah. talked about incubators. And oh, we talked yeah. about school coding programs and we talked about not coding programs, but jobs happening through, you know, like light manufacturing companies, right? Mm-hmm. Job, like the types of companies that are making really cool apparel bags yeah. that can be taught to someone that doesn't know how to do it on the job. And then they can have like a career yeah. and that factory could actually go into any crazy factory that's empty on the West side. And mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be this thing where it's a business that doesn't have the talent to drive it. So we have to import it from other yeah. parts of the country. Yeah. Um, and that's one conversation, mm-hmm. but what she and I got to was yeah. how off everyone will be if we don't realize how important it is to address the societal disadvantages when it comes to the fundamentals, right? Like, how can we expect to build a robust economy when, when a huge portion of the earners and the doers that are going to be in that economy don't? either have access Mm -hmm. to food Mm -hmm. or they don't have, uh, or they're so disenfranchised from good decisions that they can't recognize them. Mm -hmm. Um, That, you know, there's, I mean, there's, it compounds, right? Then there's like shame about not being able to recognize it and the barrier. I mean, it's so (laughs) intense, right? I mean, we're like many layers deep and it's going to take a long time of Mm -hmm. peeling that back. Mm -hmm. And then, and then we have like a healthy, valid mistrust 
of the systems that are mm-hmm. trying to get people to think about food and eat like all yeah. of that crazy shit yeah. stands in the way of success right yeah. so for me when i see people like yourself and uh-huh. i see people like randy uh and even like uh love the poet i met her yeah formally. i'm actually writing for brown and healthy yeah yeah <laughs> so like i met her i've been floating around uh and it's funny i actually asked uh i asked leah and uh and Nash the other day at startups where they had brown and healthy t-shirts on. Yeah. And I was like, I want one so bad, but I feel like that might be going too far. And they were like, it's not going too far. And I was like, it might be going too far. So when I met Love, yeah. I was like, so like, I totally want to rock one of these t-shirts, but I feel like it's going too far. And she's like, it's not going too far. And I was like, awesome. Like I've got your like formal permission, but yeah. she's in that space as yeah, well where yeah. she's transacting mm-hmm. in a few different spots. Yeah. And what all of you have the power to do mm-hmm. is to disarm the preconceived, like, self-conscious, yeah. weird, suspicious weirdness yeah. and teach healthful lessons. Mm-hmm. And, like, whether that's touching the food part yeah. portion or whether that's touching, like, the exercise yeah, portion. Yeah. And I think that it's going to take, I think that ultimately all y'all are disruptors to the the standard the structure standard holding, yeah. and it's not going to be dismantled in a traditional manner it's mm-hmm. only going to be fixed mm-hmm. by coming at it from angles right weird little things yeah. where you took this thing that you were focusing on and then you got this interest and yeah. you started putting energy into it mm-hmm. and you thought you were going to keep one in your left hand and one yeah, in your right hand yeah. and before you know it they're <laughs> arcing right they're like lighting up in electric bolts above your mm-hmm. head and you're like i guess i should put these two together yeah. and then with voltron mm-hmm. and before you know it you're, you're transacting, you're having a big influence. Yeah. So I'm glad to see that you see that as well because I think that what you're doing mm-hmm. has so much potential mm-hmm. to really be a huge asset in our city. So Yeah, growing up, I grew up in a food desert. So I know Baltimore has sections that are food deserts. Gary, the city is a food desert. Like we literally would have to cross the line to the next town to go to a grocery store. And obviously when you grow up in that environment, you think it's the norm. So it's like, oh yeah, it's normal to drive 25, 30 minutes to go to a grocery store. And if you wanted something really quick, you would go to a gas station, a corner store, or like a really, really crappy market to get overpriced, yeah, to get crap or overpriced cereal or some milk, like things like that. All produced stuff. Yeah, all super processed. And then it's overpriced too, so thinking of that convenience fee is the thing as well. So growing up in that and realizing how I looked at food, I didn't even actually think about food. I just thought that was the norm to eat processed food. And a lot of people from Gary that are my age, our grandparents came from the South because the steel mill was appealing. So a lot of people migrated up in that area. I mean, for various reasons too, but along with the jobs in the steel mill. So a lot of Southern cooking happens in that area too. So between that, the processed food and the cultural norm to be, to eat unhealthily for a parent or grandparent to have some type of chronic disease, it's the same thing I see here in other areas too. I mean, we had a lot of fast food restaurants, but that's a whole other podcast to go down the road. (laughs) Don't eat that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Shavis, we are at the time. Before we break off, I want to make sure that you let everyone out there listening know a really good place to follow along, Mm -hmm. Flavor and Soul. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and maybe a good way to get in touch and, and what they what, what may be a good reason for them to get in touch with you. Yeah. Um, you can actually find me. Flavor and Soul is everything. So flavorandsoul.com, at Flavor and Soul on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Instagram is the most active account for me. So definitely if you want very, very quick imaging and things to look at, that's going to be a route to go on. And then definitely you want to stay in touch whether you're local or national because I am starting to do more giveaways and collaborations. So definitely stay in the loop with that. Awesome. And that's three words, flavor, flavor and, and soul. soul. Yeah, Great. A-N-D. Okay. Well, Shavis, uh, on behalf of the whole Startup Story Network, um, Baltimore at scale, uh, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to come out and talk with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Um, okay, guys, there you go. Another good one. Head over um, to the Flavor and Soul Instagram. Make sure you hit the follow button. And then you should scroll down until you get to the chicken cactus taco pictures. And then follow that and make those. And then bring them out here to Pixelated for Nick and I for lunch. <laughs> Jolie, too. Uh, Jolie eats chicken. So that would be three orders of chicken and cactus tacos, please. Por favor, shall I say. Um, aside from that, I would greatly appreciate it if you would hit the subscribe button on the podcast player that you're listening to, whether you're listening on iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud or you're streaming this from your cubicle uh, on YouTube. You can subscribe in all those spots so you find out about our episodes as soon as they hit the wire. Aside from that, uh, I don't know. I think that's it. I'm excited to have this uh, this rainy weather pull out and for the May sun to come out and us to start having fun. Looking forward to seeing everyone at the end of this month up in Innovation Village for another startup soiree with Mr. Richard May from Innovation Village. Um, all right, until next time, keep taking care of each other. Peace. <laughs>